Hop. I don't know what time Brother Terry usually gets done, but uh, I'm sure I'm about 10. <laughs> yeah, we'll be done way before 10 tonight. So, uh, we was talking, I was talking to some friends I work with today, and we was just talking about preaching and everything, and how, how a preacher's wife is very... Um, most preachers' wife, my preacher, my wife is very uh, straightforward with me when I ask her something about my preaching or something of that nature. And uh, we were just talking, and uh, this one guy, he's one of his preacher buddies had um, he had got got done preaching one night after church, and him and his wife got in the car to leave, and uh, he was kind of defeated. He said, "Man, he said that's the worst message I've ever preached." And uh, he said, that his wife looked over there at him, and said, "No, that's not the worst one you've ever preached." So. <laughs> You just—it's good to have a good help me, amen. That'll uh, that'll shoot you straight. But there's one thing I can trust in my wife; she's going to tell me the truth, whether it hurts me or not. So, thank God for a uh, good help me, amen. Romans chapter number five. Let me get over there tonight. We're going to start in uh, verse number one. We're going to read down through uh, maybe verse number five tonight, and um, we're going to just start with this tonight, and and. The thought that I have on my heart tonight is uh, uh, justification that brings joy. And if you've read the Bible much, you know what's in Romans chapter number 5, and it has to deal with justification. If you've got a Schofield Bible, the heading on that says the seven results of justification. So uh, we're going to deal with that tonight, the, just justification and, and the joy that justification brings to our life. And, and Paul deals a lot of things here in this chapter that sometimes we'll kind of scratch our head and say, how can that be? Uh, but we'll see tonight, because of justification, uh, these things are uh, brings joy to our life. But uh, verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory, experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed in due time Christ died for the ungodly, for sinners. Christ died for us. Much more than being much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Vacation that brings joy. When we think about that before God, you think about before you got saved, there was um, there were some things missing. We we had the joy of the Lord and we began to understand as we read the Bible, what exactly happened to us when we got saved. And, 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 and that justification uh, does a great work in you and I. Uh, a lot of times uh, we may, we, we like, I like to define words, that word justification, and I know you've probably heard this, uh, one of the most simplest definitions of, of justification that, that I've ever heard is, uh, is simply uh, this, uh, just as if I'd never sinned. 
That's what justification means. And see, when a person's justified before God, when God sees that person, He don't see that person as a sinner. He sees that person that's been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, that's perfect and right with God because of Jesus Christ, not because of what they did, not because of who they are, but just because of the very fact that they've been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ. See, when a sinner is saved, they experience justification that only comes from God Almighty Himself. The more, the more that we learn uh, all that is wrapped up in, in that, that, that work of justification, it will bring greater joy to our life and, and God will build on that joy as we learn more about the justification that takes place in our life. When we think about those things, uh, that, that that greater joy can come and it'll be joy like we could never even begin to imagine that we would have because we got saved by the grace of God. So as we look together tonight in Romans chapter number 5, uh, I want to look at this uh, from the aspect of, uh, of this to see justification and joy, what it's all about tonight. What, what makes it happen, what makes it uh, in our life, what makes it... Uh, it evidence there of that joy in our life and, and the reason that that joy is rooted totally, 100% in the very fact that we are justified before God. So the first thing I want to look at tonight is, is the consequences of justification. Consequences, when we think about consequences, we usually think about something bad. Uh, we usually think that we've done something bad and there's a consequence that's going to go along with that and it is not going to be uh, very good. But when we think about that word consequences or consequence, it's a, it's a result or effect of an action or a condition. Whether it be a good act or condition or a bad act or condition, uh, there, there's a, that, con, that, that consequence, there's a consequence, there's an effect of a, there's a result of something that we have done and it will affect us in a negative way or it will affect us in a positive way. And we see here that the consequences of justification, uh, by all means, we can say that they're blessed indeed in every aspect of the one that saved life. In justification, uh, there's a great result. There's a great effect that is placed in the life of those who have experienced uh, justification and and you know as well as I do you see people that that claim to be saved and it's like they have no joy in their life and it's like they have uh, they're, they're it's like they're defeated all the time and it, it's like they've just got to the point in their life where they just don't care anymore and and it, and it seems that the effect of justification is not bringing uh, that joy to their life and maybe they've got to a place where uh, they forgot that God had justified them and and they're living in in a place where they're they're guilty and they can't forgive themselves and they, and they lose that that joy and they lose that <coughs> excuse me that thought of being justified and it seems like they can't find joy in any situation in their life as we see this Paul reveals here tonight to us a few of the the characteristics, the consequences, if you will, of, of being justified through the blood of Jesus Christ. And, and, and it's laid out real simple for us tonight. And it begins to talk about, here in verse 1, it says, Therefore being justified by faith, justification comes by faith. Justification is not something we work for. Justification is not something... We can purchase justification is not something 
that we can earn. Justification is a gift of God. And we receive that gift by faith, the Bible says, being justified by faith. And, and the very fact that we are justified by faith tonight, uh, there's something that goes along with that. And, and the first consequence, if you will, of justification tonight is that of peace. And you realize when, before you got saved and when the Lord was dealing with your heart, I don't know about you, but when I was under conviction, there was no peace around me nowhere. And nobody around me had peace because I didn't have peace. Nobody wasn't going to have peace. And I was in a place in my life where God was dealing with my heart and He was showing me my condition, and oh, and I needed some peace. I needed some relief in my life. I needed to be, I just wanted to be out from under that conviction. And and I remember when I got saved by the grace of God, and, and I didn't know what all had happened to me. I just knew that, that I was on my way to hell, and I called on the Lord and asked Him to forgive me of being a sinner. And He saved me that night, and I put my faith in Him as my Savior. I believed in Him as my Savior. And see, I didn't realize that night uh, when I'd done that, I had, it was like a weight that would lift it off of me. It was like something that took, took place in my life that had never taken place before. And justification had taken place in my life. And for the first time in my life, I had peace. Amen? That peace that I had wasn't the peace that most people experience in life. But the peace I had was peace with God. Think about that. We had peace with God. See, justified by faith speaks of a, it's, it's, it's a legal declaration, if you will. And you realize before we were justified, we were declared guilty before God by His law. You can look over, we don't have time tonight to deal with all that Scripture, but in Romans chapter 1 and verse number 18 through Romans chapter 3, verse number 20, it deals with the law of God and how that we're declared guilty before God. And the only thing that can rectify that situation, the only thing that could remedy that situation was being justified by faith and having uh, the blood of Jesus Christ applied to our heart and, and that, that justification was greatly needed in our life as a, as a sinner. And, and the only way that we could get it... See, Paul explains to us here in the Bible the fact that Jesus became the sacrifice for sin that all who believe are given the righteousness of God. Now think about that for just a moment. When we got saved, when we got justified... We were given the righteousness of God. Now, we didn't deserve that. And most of us, we probably wasn't even looking for that. We were just looking for some relief in our life. And we got a lot more than we realized when we got saved on that day uh, where we called out on the Lord and, and we... And God blessed us beyond measure and give us His righteousness. See, our guilty sentence was transformed into a sentence of justification. And that justification came by faith. That's a great transaction. That's a great transaction that we could come before God as a 
sinner that deserved hell. That was a sinner to the core. And God would take our sin away by the blood of Jesus Christ by faith and give us His righteousness. (laughs) What a God we serve. So, one of the great blessings of justification or salvation, if you will, goes hand in hand, is peace with God. And see, this peace that, that we have because we are in fact justified tonight, the peace that we uh, get to uh, partake of because we are saved tonight, uh, the, the peace here that we have, it, it speaks of the very fact that we have peace, and before that peace came on the scene, there must have had been a struggle for us not to have peace. And you know who our struggle was with? Our struggle was not. Our struggle, when we began to think about it, was not with anybody but God. Because you realize when we were lost and we're not, was not saved, we were an enemy of God. An enemy of God. You know why there's such a hard time of peace being in the world? Because there's a lot of people that are enemy of God that are seeking peace and they'll never, ever find it apart from God Almighty. But we see here that, that, that this peace speaks about our struggle and it was between God and ourself. And at the end of the day, we got saved and God won the struggle and He gave us the peace that was so greatly needed that we didn't even really know that we needed, but God was able to give us that to help us to understand what it was to be saved. See, I'm, and and I know that we don't go by feeling. We're we're not saved by feeling, but that peace gives us an inner joy in our life, a calm assurance tonight to know, hey, that we belong to Him. See, this peace only comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. Our ground for having this peace is all based on Jesus' work on the cross. So, so how is it that we get that peace? Well, at some point in our life, we've got to come to the realization that we've got to claim that peace somehow or some other way or another. And we do that by faith, as Paul showed us here in this, these verses. It's by faith. Salvation is, is not by the law, but it's by faith. You realize how many people tonight are working to be justified. You realize how many people tonight are are trying to do something to earn justification. You realize how many people tonight uh, uh, think that there's so many different things that one must do in order to earn uh, this justification, but uh, salvation and justification it's not by the law. The law, all the law can do is show us our need of a Savior. All the law can do is show us our need of being justified. All the law can do is show us that we're lost and undone and we're not right and we're a sinner before God. But I'm thankful that salvation is not by the law tonight, but it's by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's through faith. And through faith is the only way to peace for you and I tonight that are in this building. Works will never, never bring peace to 
to a soul that's on the way to heaven. So we have the claiming of peace, and that's by faith that that happens. We have to put our faith in Christ as our Savior and accept His payment for our sins on the cross. And we're saved, justified, and peace is given to you and I, a peace that this world can never, ever understand. Well, then we see not only the claiming of peace, we see the character of peace. Who do we have peace with? We have it with God. You realize that God's justice toward us was eternally satisfied because of Jesus Christ. You know what justice, the law of justice demanded out of you and I as sinners? That we would die and go to hell because we were a sinner and there's nothing that we could do about it. That's what the law said. The law said that we're separate from God and we could never be a part of God and we'd always be away from God and, and God's justice had to be, had to be uh, vindicated and it had to be taken care of and it was eternally satisfied, that justice, when Jesus Christ hung on that cross and shed His blood and when He said, it, it is finished, that was satisfied. He took that blood to heaven and he and he he placed his own blood on that mercy seat in heaven and and took care of the sin of the whole world. And you know what is a shame is a shame that Christ paid for the sin of the whole world. And the whole world could know what it is to be justified tonight. But they won't be. Why? Because they won't, by faith, trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. See, our peace with God is more important and more needed than peace with anyone else. There's most people that you come in contact with and I come in contact with on a daily basis. You know what what they're concerned with having? They're, They're more concerned with having peace in the world than they are with having peace with God. But see, what the world don't realize is one day God is going to pour out His wrath on this world that rejected His peace, that rejected His justification, that rejected His salvation. And they'll understand, I believe, at that point, what they gave up by not accepting Christ. So we see that Claiming of peace there is by faith. We see that the character of peace, we have peace with God by faith. We see also the Christ involved in that peace. We see what the Lord Jesus Christ has done and all that He has done to make sure that mankind can have peace with God. Ephesians chapter 2, Paul put it like this, verse 14, for he is our peace, who hath made us made both one, and hath broken down the middle wall of partition between us. See, before Christ died on the cross, there was no way that we could approach God. No way. And that wall of partition that he's talking about, that that kept us from being able to 
to, to, to approach God, to even seek God, to even pray to God, to even ask God anything. That wall of partition was there. And, and, and we know that when Christ died on the cross, He removed that wall of partition between us. And then uh, man, for the first time, could, they could go, go before God without the need of a high priest, without the need of, of animals shedding their blood. They could go uh, before God through the blood of Jesus Christ and they could approach Him. Uh, because why? Because He had taken down that middle partition that was keeping us from getting to God. And, and He made it an accessible way for you and I that we could get to God and get our needs met and our prayers heard. See, the Bible does not teach us that we'll ever have peace with the devil. Amen? Never. There's a lot of people that are being led around by Satan and they think that if they're going to have peace one day, it'll never, ever happen. The Bible doesn't say we'll have peace with the devil. It doesn't even say we'll have peace with the, the world. The Bible don't say we'll have peace with our flesh. The Bible says that we'll, don't say we'll have peace with sin. But you know what the Bible does say? It does let us know that our life in the world is going to be a battle. From the moment we get saved, our life is going to be a, a battle in this world. But our battle is no longer against God. You know who it's against? Our battles against sin. Our battles against the flesh. Our battles against the world. Ultimately, our battles against the devil himself. And see, that's where the battle lies within for the child of God once they get saved. See, the reason that, that we need to know that justification, there's a cause and effect that happens in our life when we're justified because when we go against all of these things that are against us, uh, we need to know that, hey, that God is with us. And that's why that He gives us that peace when those things come in our life to help us along and help us down life's road as we move and navigate the life that we live. You see, God wants us to be a light in the world that we live in. And if, if, if He wanted us to go to heaven, we went to heaven and didn't want to use us here on this earth. He took us heaven as soon as we got saved. But he's, He left us here. And see, we're in the world. The Bible says that we're not to be of the world. And see, that's the big difference is not to let the world get in us. And years ago, I, I forget what, what preacher said this, some great preacher from days gone by, it made this statement about how the, the, the church has got worldly and the world has got church. But there's just something on the inside of me that, that gave me a respect for the things of God. I recognize God as an authority. I recognize His, His, His house as a place of authority. And I recognize that. Uh, but now we don't have that. And, and But we can mark her down that all of those things now that they don't respect anything that has to do with God. They don't respect those that has anything to do with God either. 
And those are going to be the ones that we'll find ourselves battling from time to time. So we have, as being justified by faith, we have peace with God. But even a step further than that, as we read this tonight, the Bible says we have peace with God, and it's through our Lord Jesus Christ. But secondly, it says, by whom also we have access by faith. What does that mean, to have access by faith? Well, we have, we have a access to God that we can now approach Him. We can now speak to Him, we can now talk to Him, and we know that we have that access in our life into this grace, it says, wherein we stand. And we, because of that, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. See, the perfect verb tense of have access reveals to us this is the standing permanent possession in our life. You realize when we get saved by the grace of God that, that God never takes that access that we have to reach Him away. Now, having said that, there is some things that we can do that can cause God not to hear our prayer. David said it like this, If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. But God has not taken that access away. He's given us that access to to get ourselves right with God, to to get that iniquity under the blood and and get forgiveness so that we can have that uh, conversation and that fellowship with God But see, it's a permanent possession that God gives us when we get saved by the grace of God. See, this access to God is an unmerited favor of grace. You know, God could have saved us and never spoken to us again through His Word, never give us any kind of blessing, never give us any kind of word from the Bible or anything of that nature. He's still been God. We've still been saved. And, but God said He chose to give us an access. Why? Because God wants to fellowship with those that He saved. God wants a relationship with those that He are saved, that He saved. And He wants us to, to come to Him as a child would come to a father when they're in need for something in their life. And how that they express to the Father, there's something that I need that I can't do for myself, and I need you, God, my Father, to do those things for me. See, this access that we have, it brings us into the presence of God, which is a lasting privilege that allows us to walk in the light of His countenance. You realize that a lot of times people live their lives in and out of the presence of the Lord. But you realize God didn't intend for it to be that way. He intends for us to live in His presence, walk in His presence on a daily basis. He, 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 he desires that. Just as, And we can go all the way back to the, the book of Genesis when He came down in the cool of the day after He had created Adam and Eve and, and He walked with them in the garden in the cool of the day. What was he doing? He was fellowshipping with them. 
He was, he was having a, a communion with His creation. He was uh, speaking to them and talking to them and, and building a relationship there that, that they, uh, was, they didn't realize how much they needed it, but God realized how much they needed that relationship in their lives. And, and He was trying to build that and establish that and to help them see that they could walk in the light of His countenance every day of their life. He does the same for you and I tonight. We can walk in that count. Seek salvation or justification brings us the privilege of being accepted in God's presence without condemnation. You realize when God sees us, when He looks at us, when He... Turn over here and read you a verse. This is what the Bible says. Chapter 8, Romans verse 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You realize that we can be before God with no condemnation whatsoever in our life because we're saved by the grace of God. See, salvation brings us that privilege of being accepted in God's presence. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 22, the Bible says, And there I will meet with thee, I will commune, commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubims which are upon the ark of the testimony of all the things which I will give thee in the commandment unto the children of Israel. There, this is where God would meet with man which was only done on the Day of Atonement, only the high priest could go in to the Holy of Holies. Now you think about that. Only one time a year could that high priest be in the presence of the Lord. And in order for him to be in the presence of the Lord, he had to offer a sacrifice, a blood sacrifice for himself, for his sins, and then he had to offer the sacrifice for the sins of the whole nation of Israel. And then as he took that blood in there, he took it and he presented that blood on the mercy seat in the Holy of Holies. And God came down and consumed that sacrifice. That's the only time that that high priest was ever in the presence of God. One time a year. The people came one time a year. But I'm thankful that when Christ died on the cross, He made it possible for you and I to have the presence of God and to be in the presence of God. And we didn't have to wait till we got to church on Sunday or, or church on Wednesday or, or we didn't have to wait till there was a, a special song sang or a special prayer prayed. But we can be in the presence of God all day long, every day of our life. We can walk in the presence of the Lord all because of Jesus See, during the crucifixion, this goes along with the verse we read in Ephesians earlier, during the crucifixion, the veil of the temple was rent in two. And it was a symbol that revealed the access that God had given those that would accept Christ as their Savior. And it was available to all through Jesus Christ, but not all would accept that access. The Bible says in Matthew 27, verse 51, And behold, the veil of the temple was written twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake and the rocks rent. John fourteen six. Jesus saith unto them, I am the way, 
truth and the life, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Not only do we have peace with God, and justification brings that by faith. Not only do we have uh, the privilege of access that is once again by faith, but the Bible also says there at the end of that verse that we have pleasure in the glory of God. The Bible says that we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, and that hope maketh not ashamed. See, when we realize the peace that and the standing of grace that we have with God, the natural conclusion for you and I is to rejoice. What would what would what should make us rejoice more than anything tonight is the very fact that we've been justified. We should be rejoicing because we're saved tonight. We should that should be our if when we're rejoicing and there should not be a day that we go by that we don't rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Why? Because if you're saved, there's not going to be another day that goes by in your life that you're not saved. And you're saved eternally, and you're saved from now on, and, and we should rejoice in the Lord every day about that. That word rejoice right there means triumphant. We are triumphant as Christ was triumphant over death, hell, and the grave. Uh, you and I are too that are saved by the grace of God, and we should rejoice, and that should bring great joy and great peace in our life to know that we've been saved by the grace of God. See, the justified or the saved person have a great honor coming to them, and that honor is better than all the honor that the world could ever give to them. We're going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ, God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit forever and ever and ever. Never to be separated from them again. And you get, you, we all get, we get, living in this world, we get, we get drugged down. And we get, sometimes we get so frustrated with people. Am I, the only, I may be the only one that gets frustrated with people. <laughs> we get frustrated, we, we drive down the road and we get frustrated with people. Amen. Road rage, y'all ever had that? I won't tell nobody. We get aggravated. We honk the horn. And we're there talking to those people like they can hear us. And, and we get aggravated. And we get agitated. And people upset us. And people, uh, they drag us down. And they try to tear us down. And they, they tell lies on us. And they do all of these different things. But, but you and I, we should have pleasure and hope and rejoice. Uh, because uh, not uh, for any of those things. But we should rejoice because our names are written in the Lamb's book of life tonight, and can never be taken out. And you know where that came from? God. <laughs> it just came from God. I couldn't write my name in there. God had to. See, people desire honor from humanity. There's a lot of people that they seek for other people to honor them in their life here on this earth. And you know what? There's some people that they'll, they'll spend every and any amount of money that they can so that people will honor them just to gain man's honor in our life. Think about what we've got. didn't cost us a thing. All we had to do was bow before a holy God and by faith 
believe him and accept what Jesus Christ done on the cross. And my, what honor and glory is coming because of that. See, the greatest honor of all comes from God and is reserved for the justified or those that are saved. We have a prospect for the future. See, justification brings hope to our life. The unsaved have no true hope. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 12. The Bible says the last part of that verse, having no hope and without God in the world. Think about that tonight. No hope and without God in the world. See, there's no shame associated with the hope that God gives us through His Glory to the Christian, our hope is in Christ. It should go beyond this world. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. What is, that? what is that saying? You know, the only hope that a lot of people have in Christ is what they have down here in this life. It's not going to take them to heaven. What does that mean? They have a form of God. They have a form of godliness, but they're denying the power thereof. They, they go through the motions, they go through the works, they go through all those things, but there's never been a time in their life where they were saved and justified by the grace of God. And one day, the only hope that they have of Christ is right here in this world. And when they leave this world, they're having no hope in Christ. And the Bible said that they'll be of all men most miserable. Most miserable tonight. We see in verse 3 and 4 the, the perspective of troubles and we know that the Bible says not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. Some of us have had a hard time figuring out what that's all about. How do we glory in tribulations? How do we rejoice when trouble comes to our life? How do we do that? The Bible says that not only so, but we glory in tribulation also knowing that Tribulation worketh patience. How many times have you ever heard this? Don't pray for patience because it will send you great tribulation. Amen. We hear that a lot. And patience, experience, and experience hope. See, to the saved, their perspective in life should be that there will be troubles. I don't know if Brother Terry's ever got up here and told you all that when you get saved, everything's going to be all right. I know Brother Terry, and I know he probably ain't told you all that. But there's some people got the mentality that when we get saved by the grace of God that we are exempt from life. We're not. Sometimes we think when we get saved that we're exempt from trouble. We're exempt from tribulation. We're exempt from sorrow. We're exempt from pain. But I got news for you tonight. We're not exempt from any of that tonight. The Bible says that it's going to come. It's not if it comes, but it's when it comes. And the Bible says, as we read it here tonight, because we've been justified and we've got peace with God tonight, no matter what trouble comes in our life, no matter what tribulation comes in our life, no matter what sorrow comes in our life, we should be able to, to accept that with rejoicing. Why? To know, hey, that Jesus Christ is our Savior and we've got peace with God and God's will is more important than our desire and our will to be done. But sometimes it's hard for us to do all that when we're in the middle of something. I, I like to say that's easy preaching but hard living. But we see that 
God expects us to be so rejoicing in our justification that we don't allow those things to drag us down and to get us to the place in our life where we're of no use to God. See, these things in life of the saved cultivates our faith and will cause uh, us to bring forth fruit as a Christian. See, one thing that I'm sure you've noticed when trouble may come in your life, your prayer life seems to be a lot better. When things happen in your life, it it may drive you to be a, a, a much more effective person that prays. And see, when a lot of times when we're when we're on the mountain and everything's going good, and and we're saved, and man, uh, we've got money in the bank, and and man, everything's going good. Our car's not breaking down, and and everything's going good. The, the air conditioning ain't tearing up at the house, and and the water heater ain't busting, and everything is going good. And sometimes we get to the place where we'll take God for granted. But see, then God allows a little something in our life to turn us back toward understanding what the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much really means. And see, God, He wants us to be that way all of the time, but we as humans, sometimes we drift if we're not careful. John sixteen thirty three. Jesus said, These things have I spoken unto you that you might have peace in the world you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer i have overcome the world see our standing is perfect in the eyes of god when we get saved god sees us as perfect you know what but our state changes every now and again sometimes we'll get away from god sometimes we'll get away from doing the things that we know to do and sometimes we'll We'll, we'll, we'll walk away from God for a little while and God has to use things uh, to bring us back to where we need. And, and Paul is showing us that when this happens, we're, God is trying to mature us and, and He's trying to display that maturity in us. And that's, how, and that's why that we, as the people of God, should glory when God sends those things in our life. Because why? Because... He cares about us and He he desires to grow us and make us and mold us and and mature us and make us a grown-up Christian so uh, that when we see other people going through these things that we can pull up beside them and say, hey, God's grace is sufficient. He'll help you through these things. Hey, but you've got to realize you just need the glory in Him and and rejoice in Him because He saved your soul and, and He'll help you through everything else if you'll just lean and walk with Him in your life. That's all He's wanting us to do. See, maturity is developed in you and I through tribulation. Patience is developed in you and I through tribulation. Experience is developed in you and I through tribulation. And see, patience is something that's greatly needed in our lives. I don't... Now, there's some people that I've met that, are, that seem to be very patient people. And then I look in the mirror and I see somebody that's not very patient. In some th- areas, I'm pa- more patient than I am 
in other areas. But see, as God begins to work in our life, what He's trying to do is He's... See, somebody with patience is... We're considered them to be mature in their life. It's like older people. Older people seem to be more patient than us younger people. I still consider myself young. But you, you come across... I had one gentleman that that I went to church with and he was he was very old gentleman and he was very wise. And I'm talking about the man had patience like you would not believe. And I sat back and I looked at that and I said, how did he get there in his life? No doubt God had allowed some tribulation and allowed some things to come in his life to give him the place where he was a patient individual. And sometimes that happens in our life. See, we should display this, display this maturity in our life. When things come in our life, we should glory in those things. Give God the glory. You know that song, Give God the glory for what He's done in your life. Amen. Give Him the glory for everything that He's done in our lives. And and I and I I love that song and the message that that song has, and no matter what God gives us in our life, we should give Him glory. We can give Him glory for the good things, but don't forget to give Him glory for everything that He allows in our life. See, see, there's a melting process, there's a mellowing process, there's a molding process, and a maturing process. In the child of God, 2 Corinthians chapter number 4, verse number 8, Paul puts it like this, we are troubled on every side. I think we can say that today. We are troubled on every side, but you know what? He didn't stop there. He said, yet, not distressed. He said, we are perplexed, but not in despair. He said, we're persecuted, but not forsaken. We're cast down, but not destroyed always bearing about in the body of the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life also of Jesus might be manifest in our body. You know what is going to manifest the light of Jesus to a lost and dying world? is how we handle the trouble on every side. You know what's going to show somebody else the light of Christ in our life? is how we handle the very fact that we are perplexed, the very... Pa- fact that we are pers- may be persecuted, the very fact that we are cast down is how we handle ourselves during those times of trouble in our life. And people are looking to see how we will handle ourselves. See, in the life of Job, there was a maturing process in action. The hands of Satan, uh, what Job received at the hand of Satan would be considered to be tribulation. You know what, Job, how many of you ever heard this, the patience of Job? Job received, he, he gained patience through all of that. He gained experience. Uh, he, as a man, he had all of those, gained all of those things, but it took him losing everything he had to gain those things. Dale Moody said this, he said, God will never be able to use a man until he's greatly broken that man. See, the life of Job shows us how God took and done something in the life of Job. Not because Job was bad, 
not because Job wasn't right with God, but because Job was right with God. God allowed Satan to do those things to prove to Satan and the world that Job was a man that eschewed evil. And you realize the Bible says Job at the end of the book is far more righteous than Job at the beginning of the book after he went through all of those things. So we see here tonight that justification helps us in a lot of different aspects in our life. But when we're justified, the greatest thing that we have, the greatest consequence, the greatest effect of being justified tonight is peace with God. And you know what? You're the only one knows that you've got peace with God. Nobody else can say that for you. Nobody else can tell you. Nobody can do it for you. But you can have peace of God tonight if you don't have it. And it only comes tonight by being saved by the grace of God. So my prayer for you tonight is if you're here and you're not saved, is that God would speak to your heart, reveal to you your lost condition, and you just repent and believe the gospel and ask Christ to save you. And you know what he'll do? He'll do exactly what he said he'd done. He'll save you. He'll save you tonight.